WNEX. Make it, we go, we go get down, dear. Don't forget tonight at Uncle Sam's, the Wolfman, live in person. I want to hear say it's all right. It's all right. Boss Radio, 93KHJ. Believe it or not, we're back. Welcome to Radio What Happened, episode 29. I'm Terry Bettis, and as always, I'm here with my podcast partner, Jim Christofferson. Thank you, Terry. I've actually gotten some emails from listeners who are asking me this question. Is it Radio What Happened, or is it What Happened to Radio What Happened? (laughs) Well, fair enough. Um, I don't blame them. Guilty as charged. It's strange. We actually had a program on how COVID was affecting radio, and little did we guess that COVID had a big impact on our program about radio. Yeah, common sense would have suggested that we continue the podcast through the worst of the pandemic because most of the world was shut down and shut in. So things like podcasts became even more popular. Well, although common sense has never been our strong point, in all fairness, COVID did change uh, things for us with some illness and even the loss of friends, but we're back and we're going to pick back up right where we left off with episode 29. And the use of the words friends is uh, very timely, Terry. Coming up, we'll have a high school friend of mine. His name is Gary Doty, and his brother was actually a big time radio rock and roll DJ on the top 40 station in my hometown that I was addicted to growing up. Gary will talk about his brother, Ralph, who sadly passed away in 2020, but Ralph had a huge influence on me. Man, that will be a lot of fun. Gary was kind enough to send us a very special program that Ralph created called Radio Memories. He would play an old-time radio program while giving his listeners some interesting information on the program that proved to be extremely informative and very entertaining. So our listeners will hear Ralph's intro to the program, plus we'll play snippets of some really good old radio broadcasts. And we'll be back with episode 29 in just a moment. But first, as always, a word from our commercial announcer. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Ed's House of Excuses. The next time you need a good excuse for being late to work or for getting your spouse's birthday, just call the House of Excuses. We guarantee that we'll come up with a good excuse for you on the spot. Our guarantee is simple. If we don't come up with a good excuse for you, we promise to give you a good excuse for not coming up with one. Wow, nobody does it better than Gary Owens. So let's revisit those rock and roll years from the mid-60s when AM radio ruled the dial and kids like me would grab a six transistor radio and tune into their favorite DJ on their favorite radio station. Our special guest today is a high school classmate who was actually one of the most popular kids in school. So he didn't hang out, didn't hang out with me much, a nerd like me, but he's become a very dear friend and one of the most respected alumni in our high school. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce the former three-time mayor of Duluth, Minnesota, Gary Doty. Gary, welcome to Radio What Happened. Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, you, you mentioned something that I, I had jotted myself a note to, to, to mention. It's something that everybody's forgotten about, and that's transistor radios. Uh, I remember uh, listening to those, and you'd have to move them around to <laughs> find the right direction so they, so they would work for you. And, boy, we thought that was the greatest thing in the world. 
Yeah, I tell you, we, as a matter of fact, Terry and I have made the comment that it's like an iPhone for kids nowadays. When we were growing up, you needed that little black box. Well, Gary, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you for sharing the programs that your brother created. Um, we'll talk about uh, Ralph in a second, but but uh, you and I growing up at the same time, listening to essentially the same radio stations, what do you think about when you think about AM radio uh, from the mid-1960s? You know, of course, that's all we had. We didn't have FM radio uh, back when, when we were there. If they did, I, I wasn't a aware of it. it it took a long time to come in of course when it came in it when fm came in it, it took over um but the radio stations we had here in duluth and i assume it was pretty much the same all over the country back in we're talking in the you know the, the 1960s you, you you felt like a part of the station you, you you knew who the broadcasters were and they would talk to you uh, and almost like they, almost like they were friends. And also the the, the AM stations in town here, uh, especially WBC, I think the one that you listen to most and the one that I listen to most. They were very active in the community. They they used to have dances uh, at various uh, community centers all over the county, and those uh, broadcasters would be there, and they they would spin the records, and and uh, we'd have a chance to meet them, and you could go up and talk to them, and and it was almost kind of a there, you almost felt a personal connection as opposed to nowadays. You, you really don't get that kind of a connection. Uh, Jim, maybe you remember a guy named uh, Little Joe. Little Joe Lasnick, his name was. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Absolutely. He was, yeah. on, he was on overnight. And uh, you could call in and, and kind of talk about your problems. You know, you, you, you see those oh. kinds of movies where they call it and, oh, I got this problem with my, you know, whatever. Uh, so, I mean, it's like, even if you never met the guy, you knew the guy. And that's the way the broadcasters were back then. You knew who they were. You could identify with them because they were out in the community. They'd go out to the places where the kids were. When he called, when people called in, did they, did he put them on the air? Oh yeah, no, he'd put them on the air. They'd ask the questions and, and he'd answer their questions. And sometimes he'd say, well, I don't know, let's see if we can't help this person out and come on, call in and let's see how we can help this person out. And it was on. It was on all night. It, I, I believe it went from like 11 at night till seven in the morning or something. It was, it was kind of fun to listen to because as you might expect that time of night, you get some pretty weird people on. So it was kind of fun to listen to. Yeah, Gary, I just wanted to make the point too that Terry, he did that totally unprompted, unsolicited. Those are his comments that we've actually discussed many, many times. And that's the reason why the program is called Radio What Happened. You know, it, um, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but, uh, but true. Radio doesn't really have that same personal collection, connection that it did back in the, in the 60s, too. You know, Jim, even beyond that, each station back then had news. And they had their own local news staff. Now, we're a city, back then we were a city of about 100,000. 100, they had their own local news, and, and they'd go out and they'd cover events, and every half hour and then every hour they'd be on the air and you could listen to news. You can't find that anymore. The radio station was the place to go to get your music and to get your, your entertainment and get your, uh, get your news as well. You know, I've told, I've told Jim this story before, but uh, the first radio station I worked at, I worked uh, all nights. And uh, the newsman, the morning newsman's name was Lon, L-O-N, Lon Meeker. And we had news at 25 and 55. And we had a news intro that came on uh, the old typical back then news intro. Da, 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 da. And then it would fade out. Well, I was, uh, uh, the, the few times that I worked mornings, 
uh, I would be getting to the intro and I would look in the newsroom and Lon would not be ready. I would panic and knock on the window. And he told me in time, he said, don't you ever wait on me. You play that intro no matter what. And so the next time, by golly, I, yeah, I knew he wasn't ready. I knew he wasn't ready. And, you know, and I pushed that intro and it faded out to dead <laughs> you know, and you know, and you know the the worst thing in the world, dead air, dead air. Yeah, and I just let it run, and it made him so mad. And I said, "You said do it." Yeah, you know, I was yeah, waiting on right. you, but you said do it. But yes, we had news twice an hour. We had two men in the news department. It was uh, uh, a lot different than today. Jim, do you remember Bob Junkert? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Bob Junkert was on WDSM radio. Mm -hmm. uh, and th that was one of the three big stations at the time. And Bob Junkert used to uh, broadcast evening games, Duke's baseball. Yeah. It was a Northern League. It was a Class C Northern League. He never went to the games, but it was kind of done by, I would, I would call a ticker. He would come in and he'd read what was going on, push a button when there was applause, you know, and, and it, it was really. Uh, but he told a story that that the ticker tape, it, it got right down towards the end of the game and the ticker tape went off. And so he just made up what happened the rest of the game. Well, you said dead air. All of a sudden there's nothing. And so he just kind of went on and on and on. And he, he apparently it came on right towards the end of the game. And he was oh, for goodness sake. There was nothing for him to say. Amazing. Well, speaking of DJs in Duluth, Minnesota, I've got a I've got a survey, an old music survey of WEBC. And it's got a picture of Ralph Doty with the WEBC microphone on it. And in my mind, I can hear him say Doty on duty with a stack of wax on the back of the racks. He was he was a great jock, but um, but and again he had a distinguished career not in broadcasting but in many other areas that I'd like to cover as well. But tell us about how he got his start in radio and and what led to that time slot that he had on Channel Fifty Six WEBC. Well, he had a he he had a, just had an interest in radio. It was something that he always wanted to do. So he he'd go and and work at some of the stations. It's kind of work in in the newsroom and work work around and. Uh, he got offered a job uh, about 20 miles south of Duluth is a, a city called Cloquet, C-L-O-Q-U-E-T, Cloquet, Minnesota. And uh, there was a guy by the name of Harry Newby, who was a legend in this area. And Jim, you probably remember the name. Uh, but Harry, Harry uh, had, had the station and invited Ralph uh, to, to be one of the broadcasters and to, to be a DJ on WKLK. And that was his first job. And the interesting thing that happened was, I, I don't know, I think he may have had somebody with him for the first couple of times, but the first time he was on air alone, when the, when the uh, night was over, and I don't know if it was midnight or what time it was, you know, he closed up the station, pushed all the buttons to shut everything off that had to be shut off, walked out the door, went home, got a call the next morning and said, the station burned down overnight. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. And it was his first night on the job alone. Oh my so goodness. He said, Oh, why? I didn't do anything. I didn't. Uh, and during uh, now, there was some kind of an electrical thing that caused the station. And they, and they did rebuild. But he went from there to, uh, uh, he worked at several stations, but WBC was the one where he's most noted for around here, I think. And they had a, I call it a crow's nest on top of a building downtown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was on Superior Street, and Superior Street is the main street that runs down downtown Duluth, Minnesota. So you could drive by, and you know he could stand and, and wave at you, 
uh, but people would honk their horns as they're going by. And I, I recall going at times to the station, and what you have to do, you take, an, you take an elevator up to the top to the roof, and you'd have to walk across the roof on these planks that they had in order to get into the station. Uh, and it was really cool. It was a, it was a, a landmark that you know, people could identify with. Again, it goes back to, you know, radio stations and the DJs were, I mean, they were, they were classic. They were people that uh, uh, everybody identified with. And I'm anxious to hear how Ralph got into the old time radios though. Well, you know, we used to, we used to talk about that, uh, but I do remember listening to those, you know, the shadow and Burns and Allen and, and all those you know, all those kinds of programs. And he just, we, we had them on and we listened to him because when, you know, when I, when I was young, you know, TV wasn't the thing. I remember sitting in front of the TV. We were one of the first ones on the block to get a TV. And I don't know how, because we were, we were not wealthy at all. And kids used to come over and we used to watch the test pattern on TV <laughs> until, until Hoppo and Cassidy came on at four o'clock in the afternoon. The radio used to be on. My parents would have it on, Ralph would have it on, and my brothers and I had seven brothers and sisters, and we'd listen. And the nice thing, of course, as you know, is it made us use our imaginations. You know, now if you see everything on TV is kind of watching, you can kind of veg and, and but back then, they, you know, they, they would talk and they'd say things, and you would envision where they are. You'd envision they're in this room, you'd envision they look like this and whatever. And so he loved that stuff. Uh, he just said, well, you know, I really want to bring that back because I think people would enjoy it. And he brought it back and, and it was it was tremendously popular when he did it on the air here in Duluth. And then he took it with him when he when he left town to some of his other jobs. You know, we should I think this would be a good place for us to play a little bit of of, of uh, Ralph's programs and then and then maybe come back. And, and again, uh, Ralph was a very accomplished individual and. Uh, his pedigree is extraordinary, and I'd like to uh, very briefly touch on some of the other things that he did. But Terry, how about if we bring up uh, the program that uh, you would like to bring up, and let's hear the intro in the voice of Gary's brother, Ralph Doty, introducing Radio Memories. Hello, everybody. This is Ralph Doty, and welcome to the world of radio as it used to be. This is Radio Memories. That was the intro to Radio Memories, a successful program uh, emceed by Ralph Doty. Um, and I thought it might be appropriate right now to play some snippets of some of those actual programs. We've all got our favorites, I'm sure. Uh, but here's just a montage of some radio programs you may remember. And watch out, you may have to use your imagination. Isn't Mildred's Pierce, kiddies? <laughs> Here he is, Brad Allen. Good evening, friends. This is your host to welcome you through the creaking door into the inner sanctum. You'll have to be very quiet tonight because one of our guests is asleep in the deep. <laughs> Poor 
a sailor by trade, an old salt named Peter. I had a corpse in every port. But I'm afraid he went overboard. You see, people made him sad. And he had a nasty habit of drowning his sorrow. <laughs> From Hollywood, it's dream time. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Dream Shampoo are pleased to present the Dream Show, produced by Carlton Alsop and starring Don Amici. Let me sleep, will you please, Blanche? Danny Thomas. It's a free country, I'm a citizen. And Francis Langford singing. I know that you know that I'll go where you go. I choose you. This is Bela Lugosi, welcoming you to Mystery House. Mystery House, starring Bela Lugosi. Mystery House, where live again the stories of the greatest mystery theater the world has ever known, the Grand Guignol of Paris. Mystery House, where tonight the distinguished actor John Carradine joins Bela Lugosi in presenting The Thirsty Death. Good health to all from Rexall. And now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Oh, no. <laughs> My little curly head can't think of food when my heart is so full of love. <laughs> Where'd she ever get anything that corny? Out of one of the old love letters you wrote to me. <laughs> it is corny, isn't it? Well, from a child, yes. <laughs> from me, it sounds... The Signal Oil Program... The Whistler. That whistle is your signal for the signal oil program, The Whistler. And now, The Whistler's strange story, Bulletproof. you, Andrea? Yes. How's your headache? What? Your headache. That's why you went to your room, isn't it? Oh, oh, yes. It's, uh, it's better, thank you. Howard, I've come to a decision about, about... Us, my dear? Yes. And now, Kenny, with a parting reminder, I want to thank Martha Ray for joining us tonight. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday night, the Fred Allen Show brings you comedy. <laughs> Drama. Joe, Joe, don't take my life. Okay, I'll take your Esquire instead. And our guest will be... Monty Woolley.
Thank you very much, Terry. Those are those are great. Well, Gary, before we let you get out of here, uh, let's talk a little bit more about Ralph. Tell us again where he did end up in radio, but also let's touch base. You and he both uh, great public servants. He's done so much for the uh, for the culture and the communities in, in Minnesota and the Upper Northwest. Let's talk a little bit about where he went from WEBC, including what he did as a public servant and as an educator. Sure. Well, he you know he went from uh, WKLK to WEBC, uh, and then he went to another AM station, uh, KDAL, and these were these were really part time gigs for him. It wasn't full time for him. It was part time. He had he held other jobs. Of course, he was young at, at that point and, and needed he, he didn't need a whole lot of money. Uh, so when he went to KDAL and then he went to another uh, AM station, WDSM. Uh, and then uh, a guy by the name of Lou Lotto, who Jim, I think you remember. No, uh, absolutely. Ended up yeah. owning a bunch of radio stations in town that ended up being his career is, is buying and, and building radio stations. Uh, had a station over in Superior which is right across the bridge. We, we share we share a bridge, Superior, Wisconsin, called WIGL, Wiggle, Wiggle While You Work. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ralph went to work over there part-time. And, and again, it goes back to how, how they identified with the community. I, I was in the ninth grade, and I remember that because uh, uh, I guess I just do. Uh, and, and that was back when uh, President Kenny, Kennedy started. Remember when people would talk, you need to walk 50 miles, walk 50 miles, and I don't know where the... 50 came from. He was he was on a physical fitness kick, the president. And so he asked everybody to get out and walk, get out and walk. So and he went from there. He worked uh, at, at WAKX Wax Radio uh, for a while. And then I, I think it was if I get my timeline right, he, he left there and he went to Notre Dame and he got his master's degree at Notre Dame. Then he went to the University of Minnesota and got his do- doctorate. It's called EED, uh, Doctorate of Education. Uh, and so he, then he came back, and again, if I have my timeline correct, he, he worked at a, a community college called Ely Community College, which is up on the Canadian border, and worked up there for, for several years, and then took a job down in uh, St. Louis Merrimack Community College, a college of, I think they probably had 10,000 students at the time, uh, was there for quite a while, and then went down to Lakeland College in uh, Ohio. And that was 15, 16,000 students or whatever. So, so that was kind of his track. The, the whole time, he loved putting together these radio memories. And he would buy the programs. You know, he'd buy They didn't buy them online. I don't know how you got them back then. Uh, but he, he probably had 2,000 shows wow. uh, that he would buy. And then he'd, he'd put the, the intro on, like, like you've heard. Uh, and then he'd be on the air. And he did that even while he was at St. Scholastica and even when he was up in Ely. Uh, and then when he went down to St. Louis in Lakeland Community College, he still did the same thing. Hmm. He put these programs together uh, and the audience, as you might expect, was an older audience and the people absolutely loved what he was doing. So he did that. And in, in between there, uh, he was in the state Senate. He spent two terms in the state Senate. Um, but the radio members thing was just kind of a hobby for him. He was news director at WBSM TV at one time, and it was just in his blood. And I think if he could have made a good living doing that kind of thing, he, he might have done that rather than doing what he did. But he could do just about he could do just about anything and everything he did. He did well. And he, you're right. He contributed a lot to Duluth and the area and also the communities in, in St. Louis and, and Cleveland when he was down there. Well, and it's proud of 
A quick question. I know he put these shows together. Where would they air? Would he then go find radio stations to put them on? No, no. He they, they continue to air in Duluth here on KDAL radio. They continue to do that. Okay. Uh, and then he'd air them down, down in uh, St. Louis. I, he had stations down there. And in Cleveland, I'm assuming he had stations down there. And I mean, you know, he didn't. He thought about, I don't know what you, you, you guys know, where you, you send them all over the country and whatever, but it was just too much work to, to do that. He just, again, it was just, he did it for fun. He did it because he really enjoyed it. And uh, it, as you know, you know, it's really fun to listen to some of that old time stuff. Well, again, Gary, thanks. And uh, it's just been a, a great time for me to relive some of those memories of childhood and radio and, and really what, what prompted me to get into this business. So thank you again. Okay, thank you, Jim, and God bless both of you. Gary, how do, how do folks get in touch with us? Well, uh, they can send an email to radiowhathappened at gmail.com, or they can look us up on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and Pandora. You know, Jim, old-time radio, uh, we barely scratched the surface, which we've done on other programs when we've talked about air checks, uh, promotions, station names. We barely scratched the surface. We could do five more programs on old time radio. So hopefully we'll be able to come back and even uh, go into more in-depth conversation about uh, old time radio, but join us again. We'll have episode 30. You got anything before we sign off? Other than it's a pleasure to be back with you, Terry. Okay. We'll be back with episode 30 when we ask our main question. Radio, what happened? Shotgun Tom Kelly at 334. The Sun City Streaker. X-Rock 80. El Paso. up trucking through traffic at a 524 mark. 89 W. Plus Radio. 93 KHJ.